Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Jeeva Lang, and today I want to look to Russia to explain how a free press dies. For decades, the Pravda newspaper was the mouthpiece of the Soviet Union's ruling Communist Party. Pravda is the Russian word for truth, but as the old Soviet joke goes, there's no truth in Pravda. It was instead a broadsheet filled with propaganda and false news. It was the adoring lapdog of Joseph Stalin and his successors. Pravda was more than a paper. It was required reading for any good comrade. Although the paper's influence eventually collapsed along with the Soviet Union, it set a precedent for Russia, a nation that remains an innovator of modern state propaganda. And despite now being in the throes of the internet era, Russian President Vladimir Putin's massive misinformation machine continues to promote Kremlin-friendly messages. But people don't read and believe state-run media because they're stupid. Readers turn to state-run media because it has stories, access, and scoops that they wouldn't be getting somewhere else by virtue of its proximity to government. Compared with the Russian media state, the United States has long been a bastion of the independent press. In fact, in a time when many countries are cracking down on the free press, the United States has actually seen an uptick in press freedom. Yet the election of Donald Trump could prove to be a turning point for the U.S. Already, several of Trump's transition initiatives have raised concerns about his administration's relationship with the press. Most immediately concerning is alt-right website Breitbart News. During the campaign, the publication endured an exodus of writers when it became clear that it was basically an unaffiliated super PAC for the Trump campaign. Here's how former Breitbart spokesman Kurt Bardella put it on CNN. They represent a worldview uh, that is incredibly dangerous and divisive, and to have this kind of proximity to the White House. I mean, Breitbart's gone from being the propaganda arm of the Trump campaign to now being the propaganda arm of the federal government, essentially, in a Trump White House. Meanwhile, the rest of the Breitbart staff is celebrating. Their editor-in-chief has offered Breitbart up the best place for news on the Trump White House, a promise that echoes the exclusivity that has long drawn Russian leaders to Pravda. Also, Breitbart has already promoted a kind of propaganda that state-run media organizations are so fond of. A week after the election, a highly manipulated map of the United States went viral. The image said that Trump had won the popular vote by 7.5 million votes in the heartland. It went unquestioned by many people who shared it because it affirmed something they wanted to believe, which only proves how easy a pill state-run media is to swallow. The same concerns about Breitbart should be raised about the New York Observer. Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is also the paper's publisher. And Kushner may be privy to state-run secrets or briefings or scoops that conveniently make the administration look good and Trump's enemies look bad. Then there's the placement of Peter Thiel on Trump's transition team. The billionaire famously bankrolled Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against Gawker, an act of revenge that financially gutted the website and ultimately resulted in its closure. Trump has likewise threatened to sue or otherwise destroy the free independent media. I'll tell you what, I think the media is among the most dishonest groups of people I've ever met. I'm going to open up our libel laws so when they write purposely negative and horrible and false articles, we can sue them and win lots of money. But there are even darker methods of silencing journalists already being whispered about. Fox News host Megyn Kelly recently told CNN's Anderson Cooper that a top executive at her network had to explain to two top Trump aides 
why Kelly getting killed would be bad for the campaign. So Michael Cohen, who is uh, Trump's top lawyer and right. an executive vice president for, with the Trump organization, had retweeted, let's gut her about me at a time when the threat level was very high, which he knew. And Bill Shine, uh, an executive vice president at Fox, called him up to say, you got to stop this. Like, we understand you're angry, but this is, you know, she's got three little kids. She's walking around New York, really. And he didn't much care. And what Bill Shine said to Michael Cohen was, let me put it to you in terms you can understand. If Megyn Kelly gets killed, it's not going to help your candidate. To truly establish an American Pravda would take time time spent discrediting publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post, and time spent turning viewers away from CNN and Fox News. But we already have a taste of what that future might look like. Trump's first sit-down with major journalists and news anchors after he was elected was likened to a firing squad, with Trump calling the media dishonest, deceitful liars and picking out certain journalists for abuse. White House briefings aren't a legal requirement, but they are a tradition, and it's one that under President Trump could become occasional or even rare or non-existent. Trump's concerning treatment of the press from his campaign days could take the form of blacklists of unfriendly publications or journalists who ask the wrong questions. Or media organizations could find themselves scrambling for access to the White House and agreeing to cover whatever show the administration decides to put on. If this happens, Americans' best hope for learning what is happening within their own Capitol building could be through the foreign press. When a photo of Ivanka Trump sitting in on a meeting with her father and the president of Japan went viral, it was because the image was shared by Japan's own press as the United States press corps had not been invited. Thousands of Americans are already fighting back. In the seven days after the election, the New York Times and the New Yorker saw subscriptions skyrocket. The Wednesday after the election, subscription rates for the Wall Street Journal tripled their normal average and Mother Jones sold 10 times their average number of subscriptions. In Russian, there is an idiom that might describe this. You cannot hide an all in a sack. Murder will out, time discloses the truth. And in America, we can only hope that truth will keep us free. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Jiva Lang, and thanks so much for listening.